What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 8 of CallCast. First and foremost, TikTok banned me a couple days ago. Now, before you go running off and checking, I got it back within 30 minutes. But I opened the app. It said, you are permanently banned. I had to appeal it, and then it signed me out. And I was like, I mean, that would sink me right now. If TikTok disappeared, that would sink me. So I texted my manager at like 6.30 in the morning on a Saturday going, dude, I'm so sorry to text on a weekend. My TikTok account was just banned. So I go, I have two TikTok accounts. Can I sign into the second one? I don't know. Well, screw it. Let me just sign into the first one just to see if it's really banned. Which I was like, which account is even banned? I don't know. I have two accounts. I go in and I signed into my first account. I got a notification that said your appeal has been reviewed and we gave it back to you within 30 minutes. But still, that is so scary. This whole time I've been trying to get verified. And TikTok is just like, meh, see ya. And almost 9 million views, peace out, forget about ya. That's what it felt like. Unreal. I actually did a pretty good job at not panicking. My heart rate was pumping, obviously, but I was like, this can't actually be. There's no way that this can actually be. <laughs> so so I appealed it. I, all I said was like, I don't know why you guys did this, but please give me back my account. <laughs> and they gave it back to me. So, wow, like... I just didn't know that TikTok could do that. I am not verified, but I've heard of verified accounts getting taken down before. But what's frustrating is that this whole time I've been thinking with my accounts and numbers growing uh, that it is undeniable that I should belong on this app. Almost 9 million followers, dude. And TikTok just bans me. I don't care if it was for 30 minutes. That The fact that it happened at all. And I, I really don't have any, any thoughts as to why. The timing of it I find very interesting. And I have a couple theories as to what may have happened. But other than that, really, I, I have absolutely no idea. There were no videos taken down recently. So it was this was ran dumb. Emphasis on dumb, dude. That, that app is a bully. TikTok is a bully. I don't think you would ever just get a random YouTube account taken down after a simple report or a couple reports on the channel. <sighs> really pisses me off, dude. Man, if that really happened, like, imagine Saturday morning I get banned and now it's Monday and I can't post, can't access my money, I can't let everybody know on TikTok. Man, that would have been bad. And now every time I open the app, I I fear that pop-up happening again. So unnecessary. And if that was you, Cole, that did that, then screw you. That is why... I'm trying to establish more loyalty in between my fans and I through live streams, podcasts, and other platforms. Right now, I have five different accounts that have monetized me, which is huge. So, 
YouTube, my two Instagrams, and my two TikToks in, in Cameo. Thought six. And again, like I talked about last episode, I feel like I'm coming out of this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic for the first time in a little while. Things are things are picking up for me in a way that they haven't before in the form of a manager as well as a brand ambassador. Just uh, two hours ago, uh, I had a meeting with my manager and a brand ambassador. So now I have a manager looking to book me film and television projects and the brand ambassador is going to be reaching out to like nike under armor the portland trailblazers men's degree deodorant uh, bettison speakers samsung tv uh apple they're going to be looking at all these brands to sponsor me that's huge that's exactly what i need uh, I told them that I couldn't pay rent last month. At the beginning of this month, I couldn't pay rent. And so I had to look to Instagram to like hit up my followers to help pay rent. And they did. Um, I wish that everybody had eight, almost 9 million followers to fall back on in cases of emergencies like this. It was so incredible that my TikTok uh, Instagram fans actually came through for me. It was actually so incredible. But I told that to my managers and I was, I was kind, of, kind of hesitant too because it's embarrassing but I have also, I'm seeing the repercussions of not having made content for the past two months because I've been absolutely heartbroken and in just peril. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been legitimate peril. So now I'm seeing the repercussions of that, of not making as much content, nearly as much content as I should have been making. So my managers felt really bad that they didn't know that. They were like, oh, dude, well, we need to find you something quick then. And they're not lying. I feel like I started a healing journey in January. I was like, I'm going to start healing. I'm going to stop with my addictions. I'm going to get the right people in my life. And then that tanked really quickly. Like, January was a great month. February, March, and April have not been. May has been a good month, actually. But January, I started a journey that I really wish I would have continued. And it's not too late. It's not like I stopped. I just need to... I need to cut things out. And one of them is the heartbreak. I needed the severing of those ties for me to be able to leave, gather my thoughts, remove the cloud in mind, and and start making content the way that I was at the end of last year. Because this has just been ridiculous. I had the opportunity to not bring this gunk into 2022, and I did it anyway. And so it's hard to even, like, get disappointed or upset with my circumstances right now because (laughs) I should have been smarter a couple months ago. But one of the healing techniques that I've started up again is instead of talking to myself like, Hey man, you're gonna this, you're gonna that, it's gonna be okay, you're gonna be fine. I've started talking to myself in the personal pronoun of I'm. I'm going to be okay. Hey, dude, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be fine. Which makes a difference. It makes a difference from, hey, dude, you're going to be good to, hey, dude, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. That is a huge difference. I'm going to be fine and I'm going to keep myself fine. Meaning, I'm going to keep up appearances and hygiene. I'm going to keep cleaning my place. I'm going to be frugal, you know. Because when I'm not well, when I'm in the gunk, in the mud, 
sitting in the pool of crap, just like playing in the pool of crap, unwilling to get out. That is when I am very easily triggered, easily upset by very, very small things. And some of those things I wanted to share with you guys today because I do think it's ridiculous that I get absolutely belligerently angry at these things because they're so small. And they definitely indicate to something under the surface that I'm not looking at yet. (laughs) But I want to tell you guys some of my freaking pet peeves, dude. And these... (laughs) These... I, I definitely have not written all of them down because there's so many of them. But when somebody asks me, what are your pet peeves? I go, I don't, man, I got to think of some. But I do have pet peeves. I just, I'm terrible at thinking about them when they ask. But I have written some down and I'm going to start off with the first one. Dude, I hate slow drivers. Okay. When the speed limit is 25 and you're doing 22. Like, why? What are you doing? Go 30 at least. At least go 30. What are you doing? (laughs) There's a street here in Salem, Oregon that I hate. I never go on because it's called Cordon Road. That's not why. It's called Cordon Road. But incidentally, it's 55 on most of the road. On parts of it, when you get past the part, it goes down to 45. Some drivers just think it's 45 the whole way. No! It's 55. When it gets to 55, I will, like, point at the sign, hoping they're seeing me in their rearview mirror, or I'll, like, bright them and be like, it's, come on, like, 10, 10 more, 10 more speeds. That's when I just go, wah, wah, you know, get around them. Because my, my, uh, uh, anger... On the road is a little little dangerous. It has been dangerous. I'm getting better, but it's been pretty bad. Like, for example, Rabbit Trail, there was this one time that a semi-truck was in the left lane. Which, why? I'm behind him. The semi is driving. Not fast enough. There is a pickup truck in the middle lane that this semi is, like, kind of trying to get past. But not that hard. So they're just, like, going at the same speed. And I'm behind the semi going, oh, my Finally, the semi, without any warning at all, slams on his brakes. I guess he's going to get behind this truck instead of in front of him. Slams on his truck, grayish blue steam smoke came off his tires when he did this. That makes me absolutely slam on my brakes because this semi has way better brakes than me. We're probably about the same weight though. He gets behind that pickup truck. He gets into the middle lane. He gets over into the other, the far right lane. I saw red when he brake checked me like that with no warning whatsoever. I thought he was going to get past the truck. I fly over to the far right lane. Now, mind you, when I did that, I flew over in between two. There are two semi trucks that are driving like this. And I went in between them. And I brake-checked this semi-truck to a full stop on the highway. Other cars were honking at me. They were so pissed. I mean, I was playing with lives at that point. I was completely sober. Just to tell you that this was literally anger. 
So, um, slow drivers get on my nerves just a little bit. <laughs> Don't go telling other people that story. That's just for you and me to know. <laughs> but, uh, good thing I'm still alive. Because I could have been a sandwich. Alright, another thing that really pisses me off so much. I mean, I rise to the occasion of anger when I hear a loud engine. Bro, where I live at my apartment complex, there's road noise right here. There's a main drag in these loud cars like to go zero to 40, which they can do on this road. So they'll turn the corner and they'll just and they go right past my window. There's one happening right now. And some of them are the loudest engines I have ever heard from these small, small cars. Some of them sound like freaking lawnmowers, dude. And sometimes I am, I am legitimately blown away by how loud it is. I mean, when it happens, when I hear the initial rumble and I hear them, okay, here one comes, and then they get to that extreme volume. Dude, I go to instantaneous murderous thoughts, just like, oh my word, I hope that within the next two minutes, you crash and yada yada, and I go to all these thoughts. It's absolutely absurd, but I it happens without me even intending to. I probably need therapy on it, but loud engines in unnecessary conditions, like... If you're in a race, that's fine. But if you're just driving on a 40 mile an hour road past a couple apartments, you do not need to be going Wah! And I wish that I had a recording to show you. I wish that I had some recording to show you exactly what I mean because it's so loud and unnecessary and I hate it so much. All right, so my third one happens often actually and it's so obnoxious. Let's just say I'm laying in bed at 3.02 in the morning. Okay, 303 to be specific. My door here is open and something out in the kitchen, something just shifts. It just goes like this in the middle of the night. Why? Why? Just shut up. Why are you shifting? What in the environment changed that made a, a cookie pan sheet go wapankak? Just stop. Just lay there. Go to sleep. I'm trying to sleep. You just scared the crap out of me. It's 3.03 in the morning. Nothing touched you. Nothing fell. Nothing blew on you. Go away. Cannot stand it. Inanimate objects just like shifting. Just like... Stop. Oh my word. Another random pet peeve that I thought of was older generations that make a reference to something that I know absolutely nothing about. I don't know why it makes me so upset. I don't know who I'm upset about. Me for not knowing or them for knowing something I don't know about. Which is probably just anger at me for not knowing. But when a 62-year-old man is like, Yeah, man, Barbara Streisand was over there. And the I'm like, okay, stop. Wait, so many things I don't know what you're talking about. Or they're like, yeah, back when Y2K was a threat, I'm like, stop talking about something I don't know. Y2K, Y2 what? I mean, some of the things that I'm referencing now, I know, so therefore I'm referencing it. But sometimes, a lot of times in movies, they will reference things that I just have no clue. I'm like, 
I have no idea what that joke means. Whatever. Whatsoever. Okay, so there's that one. I wish I had more examples of that one. I didn't think that went through all the way, but uh, my next one has to do with the drive-through. I'm in the drive-through relatively often, so of course you can understand how that would be a thing. Okay, but here's the thing. I was just in the drive-through recently, and there's a long line. There's there's 13, 14 cars in this line. The car in front of me gets a large Coke. I wanted to ring their neck into next Tuesday. <laughs> You're getting a large Coke in the drive-thru. I just spit. Dude, okay, let me break this down for you mathematically, okay? If you were to park your car, park, when you get there, normally, like the same amount of time that it would take for you to get out of your car and walk into the McDonald's is the same amount of time that it would take for you to sit there and order in the drive-thru. But it would not take you the same amount of time to walk into the McDonald's, hand them a dollar, get your cup, fill it up, walk back to your car, and dip. You'd be out of the parking lot by the time the car that was behind you... I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I'm saying that if you went into the McDonald's, it would be... Three to four minutes as opposed to the ten minutes you're about to spend in the drive-thru. The only reason they do that is to not exert the energy. Like, what a fat American. Get out of the car, walk in, you're inconveniencing the rest of the people in the drive-thru getting actual freaking meals. Dude, screw your large Coke in the drive-thru. Unfortunately, my parents do this all the time. My parents will go through the McDonald's drive-thru only for a Coke. And I have to forgive them every day. All right, there's another one with the drive-thru that bugs me absolutely insane. When people put their car in park. <laughs> Don't. Do not put your car in park because what that means is that you're no longer paying attention you're on your phone now so when the line moves we go one two three four oh, okay there he took it out of park okay well there we go the worst is when they turn their car off have you <laughs> have you ever witnessed somebody turn their car off in the drive-thru are you one of those people? Better not be, dude. Because, whoa! We cannot be friends. If you turn off your car in the drive-thru, I'm blocking you. Okay. Those are the pet peeves that I wrote down. But those are not the extent of the pet peeves that I have. Please... Tell me some of your pet peeves in the comments so that I can read them and remind myself of some of the pet peeves I do have. And I can talk about them in future episodes. Oh, I thought of two last night, but I didn't write them down because I was tired. I thought of two pet peeves last night, but I thought of them and then I forgot them because I fell asleep. So uh, I can't remember them. So I can't even say them. I'll tell you on future episodes about my pet peeves. Uh, the next topic that I wanted to talk about was Saturday Night Live. Uh. My dad is of the opinion that Saturday Night Live was the best ever in 1975 when it started. That cast. 
Granted, my dad was 12 at the time, so that makes sense. I would have been catering right to him. Just goofy, funny, everyday stuff. Every day? I don't know. A samurai sword slashing a slice of bread like John Belushi is not everyday stuff, so never mind. Or the killer bees. But I think from the first season, you have Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, John Belushi, Gilda Radner. Shoot, I'm forgetting some of the other people, but they were such an incredible cast. And to see Chevy Chase leave... After one season because of a woman. That to me is one of the most devastating career mishaps I've ever heard of in my life. Seriously, it puts a hole in my chest for Chevy Chase. What he could have done, what he could have been, especially to see him now. I mean, he had he had a flourishing, incredible career. But he spent one year on SNL. When he could have done 10, he could have done 15. But he left because of a woman. That makes me so sad, honestly. Like, that is the model for me to never make that kind of a decision. If it's between me and a woman, me and the career, I come first, man. It it can't be the woman. It just never... I I can't fathom the regret that Chevy Chase must have... Especially since that relationship didn't work out. But anyways, you got John Belushi, you got Bill Murray, two absolute powerhouses. Rest in peace, John Belushi. Dan Aykroyd, holy cow, I forgot to mention him. Dan frickin' Aykroyd. Harold Ramis, was he on there? Harold Ramis was on there, I think, wasn't he? Okay, anyway, I love that era when SNL first started. That era, that, whoa, uh, 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 uh. that era was absolutely incredible. And then you have late 80s, early 90s, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, David Spade, Rob Schneider, and a couple of women. And I think it is the most aggravating thing to me that Chris Farley and Adam Sandler were fired from SNL. I'm sure that the company, that the network had absolute reasons to do that, but whatever. They had no clue who they were dealing with Adam Sandler and Chris Farley and I think SNL had a huge role in Chris Farley's demise I I truly think that they yeah sure they sent him to 17 rehabs or whatever but they also I just don't think that they were nearly there for him on a personal level it was just professional and party guy and that's what they saw him as. They weren't going to be like, hey, Chris, how are you? They weren't going to do that. It might have taken one person to ask Chris how he really was for him to change his ways. I don't know. I don't know. I can't speculate. I mean, I could speculate, but I can't come to a conclusion. But the 90s, the 90s SNL was so incredible. And I think the, that's the last time that they were good. Yeah, sure. You had Will Ferrell coming on after that pretty soon. But I just... Will Ferrell was the only person keeping that show alive at that point, so I just don't even feel like he had the team that Farley had around him, Mike Myers and stuff. I'm sure that the early 90s SNL was an absolute unit of a cohort. That's what I think. And that completely came across with almost all the sketches that they made. I love those sketches from the 90s. And it would be, I get asked all the time, when are you going to be on SNL? And I'm like, dude... Why do I want to be on SNL? Honestly, why? Why do I want to be on SNL? People ask me that all the time and it aggravates me. Because I'm like, that is not... 
the peak of comedy. SNL is not the peak. When they're like, when they're, that's what they're suggesting. When are you going to be on SNL? That means when are you going to make it big? And I don't look at SNL as the big dog. I look at comedy movies as the big dog. SNL is down here for me. I don't, I don't respect them at all right now. I haven't for decades. But one of the funniest movies to ever come out of SNL at all, and I think it came out of SNL... Maybe not, actually. No, I think it's produced by Lorne Michaels, but it's Three Amigos. If you guys have ever seen Three Amigos, you got three cast members from SNL. Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase in 1985 playing three uh, movie star cowboys. That movie is absolutely hysterical. I can quote almost the entire thing, except for that one line. Three Amigos I first saw when I was probably like six years old. And it became an immediate favorite of mine. I watched it all the time. My little buttercup has the sweetest smile. <laughs> or uh, you can kiss me on the veranda. And Chevy's like, lips will be fine. <laughs> Three Amigos, if you haven't seen it, you have to. If you have seen it, please let me know. Let's talk about it. All right, so another favorite comedy of mine, I have to say, is Multiplicity. This stars Michael Keaton in four roles, <laughs> playing himself, a clone of himself, a clone of that clone of himself, and a clone of that clone of that clone of himself. And by the time that you get to the fourth, the third clone, the fourth character, he is so ridiculous, but so funny. It's about a guy who's too busy and he has work life and family life and he doesn't know how to balance the two so he finds a way to clone himself and then that clone wants to clone himself and just comedy chaos ensues. It's such a good movie, dude. It came out in 96. And how they did the split screen, I don't know how they did it because Michael Keaton has to be four characters in the same scene. And again, this was 96 so this was like one of the first times they ever used this. I think, because it was before Nutty Professor, it was before Adam Sandler was doing that type of stuff with Jack and Jill. It was like, this was one of the first runs with split screen, and I love it so much. They did such an incredible job. Multiplicity will forever be such a heartfelt favorite of mine. Okay, so another one that has just been with me ever since I was very young. I was probably 11 or 12 when I first discovered this movie, but it's School of Rock, dude. School of Rock. This movie oozes Jack Black and his passion for music. Not only his passion, but his absolute incredible skill for music. His ability to sing and just shred guitar is is so phenomenal and, and very well portrayed here. Plus it's comedy, very good comedy. It's music, but it's not a musical. I love that. And all the kids were my age at the time, so I just saw myself as being one of them. So I absolutely adore this movie and will always forever. I can quote almost the whole thing again. So School of Rock, definitely. Derivative from that is Nacho Libre. I love Nacho Libre. That's not one that I wrote down here, but... <laughs> Nacho Libre has a very special place in my heart. That's my mom's favorite comedy, by the way, too. And my cousin, who passed away, unfortunately, he took me to see it in the theaters. So, for that reason, I have very sentimental value to Nacho Libre. Nacho! Anyways, uh, Tommy Boy is the next one that I wrote down. Chris frickin' Farley. Definitely my favorite comedy of his. Mainly because he was sober throughout the whole thing, which I completely applaud him for. I'm so happy he, he did that. I think that this is his best comedy that's ever come to life 
I'm not sure how sober he was in the other movies, but it I, it probably hindered his comedy quite a bit. There is a complete difference from doing comedy sober to doing comedy intoxicated. There's a big difference. And Chris Farley might have thought, oh, maybe I'm funny or intoxicated or something. But I thought he was absolutely hysterical sober. He was so on it. He was pointed. He was sharp. He improvised. He yes-anded. When he's, when, after that compilation of them selling the brake pads, but they don't sell any because nobody buys them. And then he, he gets to that first buyer and the buyer actually goes, yeah, I'll buy some. And Chris Farley's reaction is, well, that's a, what? <laughs> Tommy Point's one of my favorites for sure. Um, I might group these two together just because it's Jim Carrey, but Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber. Those were both just household classics that I absolutely adore. Those were just absolute classics in my home. Liar, liar, too. I mean, that was totally up there with them. But I love Jim Carrey so much. He's an incredible inspiration when it comes to facial and physical comedy, as well as his serious acting. Okay, so another two movies that I absolutely love. I didn't write them down, but I wanted to tell you... is um, uh, Date Night and Game Night, which have the same kind of title and kind of the same plot line. I almost consider Game Night to be a sequel to Date Night, even though it's not really. It wasn't made by the same people, I don't think. But Date Night, you have Steve Carell and Tina Fey. Mark Wahlberg, too, shirtless. And Gal Gadot, which, you know... Gal Gadot? I don't know. But for some reason, Date Night tickles me so much. Because it's similar to Three Amigos and even uh, The Man Who Knew Too Little with Bill Murray where there's a big misunderstanding and that leads the plot. That's a lot what Date Night is. And the same thing goes for Game Night. That's why I think they're almost sequels is because Game Night has the same thing where it's this total misunderstanding that happens and that's the comedy. But anyways, that's like eight comedies that I listed for you guys that are my absolute favorites. Let me know what your guys' favorite comedies are. I'm sure that I've at least heard or seen some of them. My version of comedy is actually different. There's a lot of comedies that you guys probably love that I really don't. Like, for example, uh, Step Brothers and The Other Guys. I have tried watching two times, and I've turned off both times. I'm so sorry. But I really don't like those movies. Anchorman as well. Anchorman, the first one, I've tried watching two times, and I've turned off both times. Anchorman 2, though, I've seen multiple times. I love Anchorman 2. Isn't that weird? My version of comedy is very specific. I love Horrible Bosses and Horrible Bosses 2. I love both of those movies to the same degree. But other movies like Talladega Nights or... I don't even know what you guys are going to come up with, but I'm, I'm eager to hear. So let me know what your guys' favorite comedies are. And again, thank you so much for listening. I, I was very happy to give you guys this episode. Thank you for being here and uh, enjoying my stuff and participating in the comments. Peace, everybody.